Welcome to the Bookwifery Podcast, a weekly podcast that helps you birth your book, your voice, and your audience through discernment, companionship, and guidance. I'm Christiane Squires, the founder of Bookwifery, and my mission is to help you birth books that heal the world with light. Welcome to the show. Well, hello there, beauty. Welcome to episode 21 of the Book Wifery podcast. Today, we are going to talk about visibility and vulnerability, and specifically, what if anything, is the relationship between the two of those. So this past week, or this current week, actually, um, I have been hosting kind of what started out as an experiment. It's a community hashtag challenge called the Bookwifery Visibility Challenge. And we are on day four at the time I am recording this podcast episode. It's a five-day challenge. So tomorrow is our last day. And so I'm I'm here at the end of the fourth day, and I... Um, it's been quite a ride. It's been really fun and exciting. I've been meeting a lot of new folks, and it's been terrific to find out what is the message that all these different kinds of people are carrying around in their hearts, whether it's um, it's a message that's for them and how they kind of feel called to steward their own life, and or if it's a message for other people that that they feel that they are, they have been doing particular work around in the world. And so um, we are getting near the end of it, and I knew going into it that vulnerability would possibly crop up as part of the experience for people. I thought it might crop up as part of my experience as well. The challenge was kind of birthed out of my own realization that I need to become more visible. Bookwifery needs to become more visible, and um, I need to become more comfortable with Bookwifery's visibility in the world and my own, therefore, visibility being seen as the owner, operator, steward, uh, founder, whatever, <laughs> chief um, creative and spiritual midwife here at Bookwifery and that and the acknowledgement that visibility is not always easy for me as a person. Um, I always get a little awkward when you know I'm in a conversation and it's my turn to talk and everybody's looking at me or even if it's just one person sitting across from me at the table and they're listening to me talk, I always feel a little bit awkward about that. It's like having people's eyes on me makes me feel uncomfortable. I think it taps into the fear I have that um, what I'll share won't be interesting to them. They won't track with me. They won't be interested in tracking with me. I will somehow bore them or they will feel like impatient um, on time and like want me to hurry up and finish. Like all of these totally self-critical thoughts and projected thoughts on other people. And so I tend to feel much more comfortable sliding into the listening stance with people. I feel really comfortable showing up and even being visible in front of someone if I am listening to them share. I have no problem keeping eye contact with someone when they're sharing. I have no problem tracking with them. I have no problem like being interested and curious and wanting to ask questions and kind of go deeper. Like all of that feels very natural to me. But turn the tables and I feel really uh, just unnatural. <laughs> and so anyway, all of which is to say that for Bookwifery to grow and flourish in the world, I as her steward, her owner, whatever, <laughs> whatever my relationship is with Bookwifery, um, I need to become more comfortable being visible too. And so this challenge was kind of born out of that and other people saying that they struggle with visibility as well. And I thought, you know, let's let's be visible together. And I put together five days of prompts. And if you've been following along on Instagram this week, you know it's been really, really meaningful. Um, it's been a great way for us each to kind of think about what is our message, um, why does that message matter? Who is that message for? 
What do we wish those people knew as we kind of bring our heart to what we're doing on their behalf? And then tomorrow on our final day, it's a chance for us to share how we feel kind of invited to help and to step into that solution space. So I wanted to, given the whole like expectation that vulnerability while being visible would likely come up for all of us during the challenge this week, I posted a poll um, a couple days ago. I think it was on day two. The end of day two, I said, hey, how are you experiencing vulnerability in these first two days of the challenge? Um, are you experiencing it? And then invited people to send me um, private messages sharing a little bit more about what that has looked like for them. And I have to tell you, the responses I received from, I mean, it was maybe 10 people that that took the time to respond to me. And I so appreciated each person who did that. Um, but the, there was a lot of difference in what people were, were sharing of their experience. There were so, definitely some, some themes that to identify, and that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. But I, you know, I was very surprised at like the, the, the very different angles people shared about how they're experiencing it. And so I'm going to share that with you, share with you what people shared with me um, anonymously, because I didn't ask their permission to to share their name and out their experience on, on this podcast episode. Um, but they knew that this was being shared with me on behalf of research I was doing for the episode. Um, so I'm going to share with you the different perspectives that were shared with me about the relationship between vulnerability and visibility. And then I'm going to pull out for us some of what I feel like the the learnings are from what was shared and how this can help us move forward in our continued, you know, efforts to be v- visible in the world on behalf of our messages. So, okay. Oh, and I should also say this, this actual topic of visibility and vulnerability has been sitting in my spreadsheet that I created and continue to maintain on behalf of this podcast. Um, I created it months ago when I first was putting together this podcast to begin with. Um, I was doing a brain dump of a bunch of ideas for episodes, and someone in one of my cohorts here at Bookwifery had shared in one of our group calls that the more she started to put herself out there on social media in some new ways on behalf of her message, she was really experiencing a lot of vulnerability around that. And we were processing that in the group call and just kind of noticing that this is part of the experience of becoming more visible on behalf of your message in the world. And I put that kind of experience that she was naming into my spreadsheet months ago. And it was just sitting there waiting waiting for the right time to talk about it in a podcast episode. And I just love the way that that has now caught up with today, this week, as we're doing the visibility challenge. So, Okay. Let's dive in and have me share with you the the actual responses people gave to how they were were or were not experiencing vulnerability as they did the visibility challenge on Instagram this week. And by the way, if we are not connected on Instagram, I would love to connect with you there. It's really where I show up online. Um, pretty much that's the only place I'm showing up online these days um, is there and here and in my uh, birth notes newsletter. So love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery and be sure to say hi. So I know you're a podcast listener and I can connect back with you. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. The first person who responded to my question about vulnerability and visibility said um, that her main question is, what if no one wants to hear what I have to say? So the challenge this week has been to show up on behalf of your message and who it's for and why it matters. And her experience of vulnerability was like, I'm showing up in these ways and I'm sharing my message and who it's for and why it matters. But what if no one wants to hear what I have to say? 
Another person shared um, that she's already been pretty vulnerable on Instagram and her blog for a while now, um, that her particular subject matter is a pretty intimate and vulnerable subject matter as it is. And so once she made the decision to start blogging about it and talking about it openly on Instagram, she kind of invited vulnerability into her life kind of full stop. So um, I just want to note that in that story, um, there was a moment of decision for this person who shared that, you know, she was going to let that kind of personal part of her life be part of her public presence. And so and her public narrative that she was sharing. And so, you know, she's been doing it for a while, she's not feeling super vulnerable this week, as she does the visibility challenge. Um, But I thought that was interesting that because it's something she's already been doing, she wasn't feeling super vulnerable this week. Um, Okay, another individual shared that the challenge has actually made her feel less vulnerable because of the support of the community around her and around all of us. She said, suddenly I feel less alone and more supported than I normally do in daily life. And I just thought that was incredibly interesting. I I really have to say, I assumed everyone would say, yeah, I'm feeling super vulnerable putting myself out here. (laughs) And to have someone show up in my DMs and say, actually, this is this whole experience is making me feel less vulnerable. And I loved that she was noticing that it was this community support of everybody doing the challenge together and connecting with one another and encouraging one another and sharing what they see and love about what each other is sharing just made it feel like a really safe experience in which to to share herself and um, actually helped her notice how much more connected she felt than she normally does in her daily life when she hasn't been doing the challenge. All right. I had another individual share with me that she is experiencing, not necessarily related to the challenge, but just in general, as she's been putting herself out there on behalf of her message in the world, she's experiences the most vulnerability when it comes to being visible on video. She actually used the words cringeworthy and how much she judges herself. And I can you know, I'm sure most of us can relate to that when we watch back a video of ourselves and we're, you know, it can be enough to make us not want to go on video at all. Um, And so we were just talking about um, some ways to possibly um, kind of circumvent that is maybe when you're recording a video, not to look at yourself on the video, but to look at the lens of the camera. And that is actually a great way for your viewers to feel more connected to you because if you're looking directly at the lens rather than yourself on the screen it 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 translates through the camera to the other person's screen as though you're looking directly at them so they actually feel more connected to you when you do that but it also is a great way to help you feel a little bit less self-conscious cuz you're not watching yourself record <laughs> as you record um and then also possibly not watching the replays afterward and um just letting it go letting letting it go into the void and reach who it's meant to reach and not worrying about rewatching it back. So if that's your experience when you're recording video and you hate being visible and there's all the self-judgment that comes, that those are a couple of ways that you might kind of work with that. Um, but what I found interesting about those two ideas when we were talking about them is that they, they both allow you to be fully focused on the viewer that you are creating the video for. So if you're not watching yourself, but you're watching the lens of the camera so that the person watching the video back later feels like you're looking directly at them, you can feel like you're talking more directly to them. That's your intention is to be talking to them. And then if you don't watch the replay and you just put it out there and you let it reach the people it's supposed to reach, again, it's less about yourself and you know, kind of that self-focus that can happen for us. 
and more about like, I'm just trusting that this content is going to go to the viewer, viewer and they're going to get what they need to get from it, what my hope for them to get from it is, is reaching them. So just allowing ourselves to become less self-focused and in place of that, becoming more focused on the people we are trying to serve. Okay, here's another response we received. Um, Someone said to me that the vulnerability issue for her is huge, that she's avoided putting herself on out there on social media specifically because of the fear related to vulnerability. And she named some of the questions that she'd been kind of ruminating over in her mind as she had thought about becoming more visible. And she said, you know, what if I get it wrong? Put myself out there and get it wrong. What if I look silly? What if I write the wrong thing? What if this affects my future? And do I lose control of my future by putting myself out there publicly? So I just, like, first of all, really appreciated each of those questions and how honest they are, how real they are. Um, I noticed that in reading through them, you know, there's a real, um, there's, there's, two categories here of like the questions around what if I get it wrong? What if I look silly? What if I write the wrong thing? Those struck me as questions related to like being human. Like, is it like underneath those questions is really the question, is it okay for me to be human, to get something wrong, to write something wrong, to look silly in some way? And then the other two questions she asked, will this affect my future? And do I lose control of my future if I do this, you know, put myself out there more publicly? And I mean, those questions to me feel like there's a sense of really high stakes in becoming more visible. It's like, what if I do something? What if I do do something wrong and it isn't okay for me to be human and then it could affect my whole future and it could have this negative impact on where I'm hoping to go with my life? I mean, that is really high stakes. And I just was really feeling with her, you know, how deeply. Um, concerned she's been about some things in order to get herself to become more visible. But what I love is that she said she realized that fear of vulnerability had been stopping her from progressing. And she had finally like accepted that she was going to let herself be more, more vulnerable. And then she found this challenge this week. And so it was just perfect timing. And I just love that she had kind of had this reckoning with herself of like, these fears are keeping me from actually moving forward. And so, and actually in some ways, I think that's a way of it affecting the person's, a person's future as well, is if we don't let ourselves do something, we hold ourselves back because we're afraid of what, what might happen, that we are actually also hindering any forward movement because we're holding ourselves back. So that's an interesting um, kind of slant on that. Okay, next person said that she is has not been struggling with vulnerability this week because she has already worked so hard on boundaries and on vulnerability in her life previously, just personally and in her work as a coach. And she said that she's learned the invisible line between authenticity and vulnerability. She referenced a Brene Brown quote who, where Brene says, you know, not everyone has earned the right to every piece of our stories. And so we have to kind of learn where is the that line that we are willing to share something that is is kind of you know suitable that we feel is suitable for public consumption and what are the things that we hold back behind the line as only you know deserving to share with people who've earned the right to hear it in our lives. So um, just loved what this person had done. Kind of she's she's done a lot of work around all of this before, and so it made this challenge not feel like a struggle um, to be visible. 
Another individual said um, kind of in a similar vein that she's become really used to the process of putting herself out there. She's in the process of birthing, I believe, her fifth book at this point, and that her very first book came out 10 years ago. And she said that when she held the very first copy of that very first book, her uh, I'm going to quote her, she said, it's it was as if my rib cage had opened up and everyone could see my heart beating. Ooh, that's quite a quite an image. Um, you can just kind of feel that viscerally, can't you? Like your rib cage is opened up and your heart is beating right there, and that's how it felt to her to hold her very first copy of her very first book ten years ago. But that today, she said she's not experiencing that as she's about to bring out her latest book and that she's feeling very used to the process now. So what I loved noticing here with with this person and just, you know, some of the others I've already read is that vulnerability, um, the visibility seems to be something that gets easier the more we do it. Um, It becomes more um, like second nature. Vulnerability becomes less of an issue for us. And so I just thought that that was a really encouraging word for those who are just starting out, putting themselves out more publicly, is that it will get easier over time. The more you do it, the easier it gets. That's really encouraging to know, isn't it? Okay, and then I think this is the last one. Let me double check here. Yep. Um, The last person said this was another really interesting insight. She said that on this particular challenge this week, she's been sharing more of herself than she usually does in her Instagram space and that, you know, she has been fine with like her close family and friends um, and even strangers on the internet reading the things that she's choosing to share this week, but that she noticed there are people in her real life who are outside that kind of closer, you know, closer circle of family and friends that she didn't feel super comfortable knowing that they were reading what she was sharing in the challenge this week about herself that, you know, they, you know, people who live locally that are learning more about her than they knew before, uh, things that she'd not really shared publicly online before or in real life. And so she said, strangers feel okay, but the neighbor's daughter feels different. I just thought that was really insightful. It's like it reminded me of how many people, how how for so many of us, there are people that we're connected with online that don't really fit that, you know, any category of comfort level for us to share like kind of deeper stuff. It might be coworkers that you have at work. It might be people that you knew back in high school and now you're connected with them online and they don't really know you in a deep way. And yet you're sharing, you're choosing to show up online for this challenge or maybe beyond this challenge with your message and, you know, ongoing in ways that, you know, they don't experience that you in that context or they never have before. And it might feel weird and you might feel the the fear of judgment or um, just kind of like the awkwardness of like, you aren't really someone that I normally would let into this space of knowing me. So um, yeah, I thought that was a really insightful comment. Um, Okay, so I'm going to share some of the kind of learnings that I took from those stories and that I think might be helpful for all of us to to notice together. So the first one I already named, which is that it gets easier the more we do it. Becoming visible is, it sounds like I'm learning from these, these lovely women who shared that visibility is a muscle we can use that gets stronger the more we use it. So um, as we are all practicing showing up and becoming visible in some new ways, or whenever we are doing that, we can trust that even though it feels uncomfortable, vulnerable, awkward, a little scary or weird at the beginning, that over time, it will feel less and less that way, which is 
again, really encouraging to know. Um, The other thing I thought was worth calling out is that it's much easier to do this when we have other people with us. So the one gal who shared that she was feeling actually less vulnerable this week because she felt just the beautiful support of the community around her that we're all doing the challenge together. And so... um, it, it connected for me to what I've noticed with my cohort groups at Book Whiffery, the, the, the groups that travel together through a particular course or series of courses. Um, I see the way that they, they form a community together. And then outside of the cohort space and the group calls and things like that, um, they are connected to each other in other social you know, online social spaces. And I, I watch them encourage each other, cheer each other on, rally around each other whenever they show up online and, you know, kind of share more of their message. It's like those, those people in their cohort kind of rally right up to them and say like, yes. And they, they, it's like the acknowledgement of like, I see you being visible on behalf of your message and I'm here to support you. So I was thinking how, you know, if you are looking to move forward with your message and be more visible about it in the world, that having a community of people around you um, as you do that, that that really get it and can see you and can see what you're doing and support what you're doing can be really helpful just as a first step. Um, at, like even if these are people that aren't necessarily connected to the work that you're doing, but they're just supportive people in your life that can that you can kind of have them with you as you're taking these steps forward, that that can be a great first step. But I was also thinking about this even a little bit further down the road, thinking about other people in your similar space of your message. So other people who have a similar message that they're bringing to the world that are almost like, uh, maybe not in a formal way, but you might consider them colleagues in the work, you know, they, they might have their own online spaces that they're attending and cultivating on behalf of the message and you have yours. And there might be a whole group of you of people that are doing similar work or sharing a similar message. You all have your own kind of slant on it, your own take on it, your own like insertion into the conversation space that's a little bit different and nuanced and and helpful Um, and even just have different voices and people that you would speak to or that would feel a resonance with you because you have different personalities and ways of showing up Um, but I was just thinking that that can be another way that you can feel the experience of community support around you as you become more visible is finding other people in us in the similar space as you that are doing similar work and like allowing yourselves to almost form a virtual community with each other, not necessarily, again, in any formal way, but just um, being connected, being banded together, acknowledging like we are about the same thing. We care about people in the same, you know, area. Um, and let's let's kind of be doing this work together. And it's like, it, it makes me think about how much stronger a message can be the more people who are saying it. It can reach more people. It can have a f- greater firmness to it than, than the message can have with just one person saying it by themselves. And so, um, you know, it's, it allows the message to reach more people and help more people. And there's such opportunity there too for collaboration and um, some creative projects. And so I just would encourage you to view that not as competition, but as um, a real opportunity for your own personal sense of community and support. And also just a shared sense of mission and like there, there are enough people in the world who need help with this and who can resonate with each of us a little bit differently that we can do this together and like be in it together and support one another. Okay, number three, um, 
that when you become, so this is another learning from, from the different inputs that we received from the, the, the survey I did, informal survey, um, is that when you become visible, you are really bearing your soul. Um, I think about the gal who said when she published her very first book and was holding that very first copy, it was like, you know, her heart was beating, you know, and her rib cage had been opened and everyone could see it, you know, and there was just such a a bearing of soul of like what I'm holding in my hands right here is like my heart itself. Um, And then the other gal who, who had shared at the beginning that, you know, what if no one wants to hear what I have to say? And what's worth noticing with that is that what she has to say is really, really, really dear to her heart and important and is a sense of mission in her life. That's really what she's showing up on behalf of. And if I put this out there, what if no one ha- you know, cares what I have to say? And so noticing that what it is you have to say when you're feeling that way is something that's very dear to your heart. And so sharing it feels like bearing your soul. And so um, I guess it's just like a noticing that your love for this message, this your love for the book, your love for what it is you have to share, your love for the people that it's for is like really, really strong. And um, I just want to name that. Like we feel vulnerable because we care <laughs> and we really want other people to care. And we don't yet know if they will, if we're just getting started being visible. Okay, next learning, number four, our struggles, I think I'm noticing here, our struggles often have more to do with our fears related to people who are not our audience. So mentioned this already about kind of this anticipated judgment from friends or family members or strangers on the internet, random people in real life, old coworkers, current coworkers, people who are like outside the realm of the message that we have to bring. And so, you know, when we want to speak directly to the people we care about, there's a place of love. And there's that like, this is my heart showing up in this space. And I'm really afraid that the people it's for won't, you know, either won't find it, or there's this other one of like, they won't care. And what I want to point out here is that the people it's for, when they find it, they will, they will feel like you are offering them life. They will feel like, oh my gosh, I have been looking for you. I've been looking for what you have to share with me. I'm so grateful that I found you. And that's because it's for them. Like that's really who it's meant to serve. And so when they find it, they will know that and they will feel recognized and they will feel such gratitude. But the people who it's not for, the truth of the matter is that more often than not, they 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 may not care. They likely will not care. Um, there may even be some antagonistic people out there that if they come across it, they will put it down. And so, but I think, but what I want to point out here is that those are not the people that you are needing to be concerned about anymore. Um, you have to love your ideal reader and who it's for more than anything else. That is what will continue to motivate you to bring that heart inside of you that's that's beating so strong with this message into the public spaces is that you care more about this message being spoken and finding the people who it's for and who need it than you care about the people who won't care. Um, who may shrug their sh- shrug their shoulders, ignore it, not care, be apathetic, or even antagonistic, that they become secondary um, or even tertiary or or you know non-existent to you. And so, what I want to highlight here is that 
when you step into this space of birthing a book into the world, or when you step into this space of naming, claiming your message that has been given to you to steward into the world, and you say, this is the message that is mine to offer, then suddenly your public spaces that you choose to show up in on behalf of that message no longer become personal spaces for you. I feel really strongly about this. And it's something I honestly, you know, personally have been um, finding my way toward myself um, and because there's always that reminder of the people that are there that are not necessarily in our target audience or our ideal reader place or the people that it's for, whether it's people that are close to us, that are family members or friends, and they're just there as, you know, as people in our life, or whether they're people like that are on the fringes, people that we knew long ago that are no longer a part of our life, or people we don't really connect with that much in our current life. Um, those people, all of those people who are outside of your intended audience, the people who this message is meant for, have to fall away from your, you know, per, your your view. It's like your social media spaces now become spaces that are devoted to this message and the people it's meant to serve. And so, you know, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't show up as a person and and have a real life. Um, it doesn't mean you can't show some behind the scenes glimpses of like what's going on in your world from time to time. But the pre- predominant message that you share in your public spaces that you have named spaces for your message your predominant concern in that space, those spaces needs to be your message for the people it's for. So everyone else outside of who it's for, they're just observers and they are no longer your primary concern. There's a real shift that happens here. It's like crossing a threshold. It's 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 crossing over a line in the sand and saying, I have been given this message to share. It is pushing up against me and needs to come out and it needs to serve people. There is a need in the world for what this is. And I have stood up and set, raised my hand and said yes to it. I will do it. And that has implications. Now, what's great is that you get to decide where that message goes and what places in your life you will claim on behalf of that message. So what I mean by that is you may decide that your Instagram account or your Facebook account are private places for you. Those are places devoted to your family life, um, your friends, people at your church. um, And you may choose to keep those places private because you're only interested in showing up in those spaces on behalf of your private life. And that is totally fine. Um, But what that means is then you would likely be choosing other places that you're showing up on behalf of your message. You might say, well, the place I'm going to do this is on my blog, or I'm going to do local workshops. And that's kind of a way that I'm going to be working on my message and being visible about it right now is I'm going to seek to teach about it in my in my community area, or I'm going to offer online workshops. Um, I'm going to have an email list. There's, there's so many different ways, or I'm going to, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and I'm going to do a series of teachings ongoing about this topic. And YouTube will be a place that I'm showing up because I love doing video, but Instagram is going to be my private place. And that is totally fine. You have so much freedom to decide what spaces you want to claim on behalf of your message. But I will say this, that once you claim a space for your message, you have to honor that that space is claimed for your message and for the people it's for in that space. And so um, that's where we get into like, 
you know, (laughs) you may have claimed Instagram as one of your places and you know that there are people following you on Instagram who go to your church or live down the street or are parents of the kids that, you know, your kids, your parents of kids in your own children's class and they don't know you very well and they may not like what you have to say. They may have different views on things. They may not really be hip to what you have to talk about. And that's where you have to kind of um, put some blinders on in those spaces. If you are showing up on behalf of your message in a space where other people in your life outside of that intended audience for that message are connecting to you, you have to put blinders on. And I'm just saying this from my own experience of knowing how hard that is. Um, Spaces that I've claimed have been um, spaces where I've got lots of other people in my life showing up as well. And I, you know, have had to wrestle through what makes sense for me to share and what doesn't. And, um, and I just, I know that in order for my message at Bookwifery to become more visible and reach more of the people it's meant to find, people like you who are wanting and longing to birth a book into the world and be guided into how to do that um, with discernment, companionship, and guidance, um, I have to show up for you in the spaces I've claimed primarily more than I show up for these other kind of spheres of people in my life. And I have to, I have to own my love for you and for the message that Bookwifery is about for you. And that is because I've claimed a public space for Bookwifery. That means I'm claiming it for you primarily and everyone else has to fall away. And that just has to be okay because my love for you and this message is more important in that space. So I'm inviting you into a similar posture And I'm curious to hear how that strikes you. Do you have any response to that? (laughs) What does it bring up for you? I'd love to hear. You're welcome to message me on Instagram. I show up there every day, except maybe sometimes on the weekends. Um, And um, I'd love to connect with you further about what this this, um, episode brought up for you. But last thing I want to leave you with is that when um, when you start out, it will feel scary, hard, and vulnerable. But... It will get easier over time, just like a muscle gets stronger over time, the more it's used, and that it helps to have other people in it with you and supporting you. And I wish that for you today. Blessings. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookwifery podcast. Show notes for each episode can be found at bookwifery.com slash podcast. I'd love to connect with you beyond the show. You can subscribe to my birth notes newsletter at bookwifery.com slash notes, where I share further details behind each week's episode, plus updates on all things bookwifery. My favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by searching bookwifery in the explore tab. And lastly, don't you just love this music? It's called Lights Dissolve and is produced by a musician named Elliot Middleton. Thanks again for listening.